You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. Want to welcome in what I'm sure are some new listeners. Uh, we got a bunch of new followers yesterday after the Hernan Gomez trade, so welcome to the show. We we do this show Monday through Friday. Pod goes up about 9 a.m. Uh, sometimes we go live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. If you hit the subscribe button, you will get notifications when we do go live. Want to make sure to follow us on Twitter as well, at Locked On Hornets for the latest Hornets news. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. I'm joined by my panel from the main streets of Cotswold, David Walker. He's been covering the, the Hornets since they were the Bobcats for AtTheHive.com. David, how are you? That's right. That's 25 draft days in a row. Just kidding. It's not that many, but it feels like it. And from... And from the Gittimer.com studios, that's where we normally record this show. I'm recording from the home studio today, but in the Gittimer.com studios is uh, Steve Bob. Steve Bob, what's going on? Yo, going back to the old days, man. This is, I'm getting nostalgic. I haven't uh, just called in in quite some time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he normally joins us in studio using the telephone today. So we've got the panel here. We are ready to discuss the biggest news from yesterday, and that is that you never bet against the Hornets doing something at the trade deadline, no matter how insignificant it is. They are always players at the deadline, and they were yesterday. Early yesterday, the Hornets acquired Knicks center Willie Hernan Gomez in exchange for center Johnny O'Brien and two second-round picks, one of those in 2020, the other in 2021. Uh, Johnny O'Brien was on an expiring deal. Hernan Gomez is owed $1.7 million next season, and his 2019-2020 salary is non-guaranteed. We'll go to David first. Your thoughts, your initial thoughts on this trade. Ooh, initial thoughts. This should be fun. Yeah, initially, I was like, they got a backup point guard, finally, because I did not have that much <laughs> about Hernan Gomez. But uh, one quick, that quickly one quick Google, Yeah, one quick Google search, and <laughs> you have been corrected. Uh but I like to go to the opposing team's kind of kind of media base to see what their reactions are first, which is always interesting. And on the Knicks side, it was like mostly, eh? Like, like mostly they were they couldn't really Confusion. figure it out because yeah, because uh, Willie had turned himself from a second round pick into a first team all rookie, and by most accounts, people enjoyed watching him play. And then he was buried on Hornacek's uh, bench a little bit. And so giving up him for basically uh, two more second round picks that may or may not become something was a bit puzzling to people. So I think that's where we land. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a bit risky for the Hornets, but, but it's not really risky. I mean, they, they take on a bit more uh, uh, in terms of length of a contract. They actually save a little, I think, this year from the cap. But, you know, they take a chance on a guy who, like I said, was first team all rookie. Uh, they apparently liked him in the draft, which is always nice to say when you acquire someone. So um, they just looked to add another guy in the in the in the front court, which is crowded, which is the one 
head scratching part of this thing that I think people are still trying to figure out. Well, they liked him in the draft, but of course he was drafted in the second round and the Hornets just gave up two future second round picks. Let's go to Steve, Bob. Steve, you are our our fan representative. You you give voice to to the fans. So Steve, as a fan of the Hornets, what are your thoughts on this trade? Well, first of all, I I take that responsibility with a lot of seriousness, guys. I want you to know that. <laughs> I was a fan. I, I didn't know that was my title, but I appreciate it. it is. Um, got some new responsibilities. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, it means a lot. Um, I I gotta agree with uh, my man David over there. I uh, wasn't sure who that was really, which <laughs> Gomez brother we were getting. Uh, you know, I asked you, Doug. I, I saw you yesterday, and I was like. Uh, is he like super young and we both kind of guess agreed that he was in fact super young not really he's like 24 um yeah played so, over played overseas for a while before coming to the NBA. right yeah yeah uh so yeah i mean uh and then i saw that he was you know first team all rookie and that that got me pretty jazzed because uh you know that that sounds great uh so then i went over and looked at those first uh rookie teams throughout the years and uh I, now I don't know what that means because they don't tell you anything about like how a player is going to be. It just kind of tells you that a guy was a rookie during that year. You know, you mm-hmm. got some guys, you go back, you got like a Jorge Garbajosa first teamer, you know, you got an Al Thornton, you got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got some guys in there that, uh, you know, didn't, didn't last too long. So um, I'm not sure. I, I like his upside better than, than Johnny's. Um, but I think speaking for the fan, I, I feel like we're all anticipating, uh, you know, hopefully it, it's signaling an, another move, I think. Yeah, we should say too that uh, Johnny O'Brien expected to be waived uh, by the New York Knicks to open up another roster spot. Uh, they they do not need another center because they have Enos Cantor, who is playing very well, and then Kylo Quinn playing far above expectations. And that's part of why this deal got done because Willie Hernan Gomez had actually requested a trade or it was reported that he had requested a trade from New York because he was not, he was just getting garbage time because he was buried behind both Cantor uh, and uh, Kylo Quinn. That situation doesn't really change for Willie Hernan Gomez because now he will be behind uh, Dwight Howard and, and Cody Zeller who are secure in their spots there in Charlotte in that front court ro- rotation, you know, in a vacuum, Without context, there there is is something to like about this trade in that you pick up Hernan Gomez, who is a player that was desired by several teams because he fits that mold of a modern center. He gets up and down the floor quickly. He's a lot like he's a lot like Cody Zeller. I mean, when you watch him play, he's like Cody Zeller with maybe some more polish on the on the post move, or not even polish on the post moves, but he's just more experimental with the post yeah. moves, which leads to turnovers sometimes. He's got to figure that out over the next couple of years. Uh, that's definitely something that, that he wants to clean up in his game. And uh, he's also shown an ability to knock down a three-point shot and to take a three-point shot. Now, it is not very efficient. He's he, you know, he doesn't take a lot of them, and he does not make a lot of them, uh, but it is something that he could possibly develop into his game because while he is 24 years old, he's still early in his career. He stands at 6'11", 240 pounds, uh, was averaging a block and a steal per game in that uh, last little section of last season when he was the starting center for the New York Knicks. 
Uh, and he's friends with Kristaps. So I don't know what that means, but that, best know, buds. they're best buds. So yeah, that, that must be tough. That, That's the next move. That's that, the next move, guys. I'm caught. Yeah, there you go. Speculation. <laughs> um, but in, in context, this trade is problematic for a variety of reasons. One, David, when we've been talking about the trade deadline, what is, what's like the one thing we said the Hornets really shouldn't look to do? Well, bring on more long-term money. Add future salary. Exactly. And that's what they've yeah. they've done with this. It's not a lot, but not we've lot. but we've gone over we've gone over the cap numbers where they they owe 117 million this season. They're going to lose now two players off of expiring contracts and they've still got to pay a first-round pick if they decide to keep a first-round pick next season. And their contracts only dropped to 116 million dollars. And you're looking at probably a, a tax apron of 121 million. So they're going to be up against it again next season unless they can move money. And so you're talking about again having probably having a a certain amount of money for your exception and not being able to use it. And that's that's what has gotten them into this. That's why they had to go get MCW because they've been up against it in terms of not wanting wanting to pay the tax for a team that may or may not make the playoffs. Two. Uh, you you add a player in Hernan Gomez who wanted out of New York because he wasn't getting playing time uh, to a team. You add him to a team that is stacked at center, so he's going to most likely continue to be unhappy again unless they make another move. All of this comes with that sort of addendum. Uh, will right. but, but but as you pointed out to me yesterday, David, like last season when the Miles Plumley deal happened, what did we all say? We we're like, well. What's this? What? The, yeah. What's the other move? Okay, come on, Hornets, make with it. What are you? What else are you doing? And then it became qu- clear. It was like, no. Okay, no. They're just going to go with Miles Plumley. If I may interject, because that one at least you could point to the fact that if nothing else, it was a quick band aid move because Cody still wasn't back at that time, right? And they were playing well. They just needed somebody to to get in there uh, and stop the bleeding a little bit, like this. This I don't even see that with like everything in what Cho said. Now I know Cho's job might be uh, you know on the line too here, so who knows what the long term plan is. But I mean, he said this guy plays great. He just wasn't getting minutes, and we like him. And you know, so that would be a weird thing to say if you're just gonna drop a guy who asked for a trade because he wasn't playing. Uh, you know, back back down on the bench over there by a monk. You know. And just not playing right. at all. Well, so, Steve, Steve, I think that's what makes it strange to me is because there is there there are these rumblings about the future of the front office and what is it going to look like and in what direction does this team want to go? And then you make a move where you bring in a guy in Willie Hernan Gomez that unless you move Cody Zeller or Dwight Howard before three o'clock this afternoon is going to be buried on your bench pending an injury to Cody Zeller and Zeller has not been a or Dwight Howard and uh, Zeller is not shown that he has an ability to stay on the floor long term so maybe maybe that's what they look at but Willie Hernan Gomez yeah. is certainly a future prospect and then you give away two second round picks which if the plan is to continue to win and to spend money on veterans then those second round picks might not be worth all that much but they haven't proven that they can win and now you're trading away future assets that might be worth something to a maybe. future front office well what i'm saying is like you're you're now you're now looking towards a future two or three years down the road when nobody's really sure what this team looks like a year from now that's the weird part 
right. Yeah. Because you don't, because you could even argue, well, maybe they're taking care of, you know, a backup depth or a backup center and depth for the off season now. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I argue when they got Plumlee. Hey, they're knocking this out now because they won't have much flexibility in the but off David, season. But, but David, but David, but David. But if it's not the same, I know, but if it's not the same front office, it's, it's, it's weird. But David, they addressed center depth. They well, addressed right, front let's, court let's depth. They let's didn't address, they quick. didn't address guard depth. I mean, that's where, that's where it, it seems like they, they've been failing off season after off season is guard depth and in this trade, yeah, yeah. maybe you know they, maybe they didn't have those options available to them, and this was the option that they were they were afforded, and they had to give up multiple second round picks to to do that. Um, but you know, I don't value the second round picks. Well, they don't. They clearly don't either. But her, again, Hernan Gomez was drafted with a second round pick. Exactly. They already got one. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, that's good. I'm gonna that's I'm gonna logic. start a new segment here. I'm gonna throw this out there on the fly. It's called Dikembe Colombo. Okay, this is a mystery. We're solving this mystery right here. Let's just play this game right now because no, we don't have. It doesn't make any sense, right? Like on paper, uh, it seems like all signs that you laid out point to another move today. We'll find out really soon. You know, we'll find out by three, but. The only thing that uh, that points to it not being another move to me is that it's just like it's the Hornets, and they would just do that, <laughs> and just like bury a guy on the bench. Like it, it that makes no sense at all uh, to me. So I, I'm now anticipating this trade deadline today for the Hornets just because of that move. Well, I don't necessarily anticipate another move. Uh, I, I think what it signals to me is is the lack of options that the Hornets and several other teams are going to have to improve their team in a year where so many teams are up against it cap-wise that mm-hmm. that player movement was always going to be uh, low. I mean, this trade deadline was set up from the jump to be a little bit quiet. Now, you, you, st- you still heard some rumblings, uh, David, about Kimball Walker and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Does this deal... Uh, do anything uh, to move your needle on on that kind of move possibly taking place before three o'clock. I mean, at first blush, I don't know how they would be related. So no, but people are talking about that Cavs potential trade as if it's going to happen, and as if the Hornets are holding it up or something right now. I mean, look, that may turn out to happen. I, I don't think it will. I mean, most people around the situation and listening to the Cavs situation in relation to Charlotte seem to have cooled on that. Um, but I mean, what are you guys saying? Because that's the one thing people are circling. It's still the Kimba thing. The Cavs are super desperate. But to me, it still feels like there's way too many big pieces, uh, whether it be big contracts, high draft picks, and the Nets pick to be moved around that this thing's going to settle down. I mean, it just seems like a lot for the Cavs to say, yes, we're going to ship out the Nets pick. Yes, we're going to take on a long-term deal and like a Nick Batum or something like that. And we're going to switch around all these pieces that by all accounts, the Cavs can't be fixed just by bringing in a Kimball Walker. So it just feels like a lot to me. Well, it can't yeah. hurt because Kimball Walker's playing just so much better than Isaiah Thomas right now. And I, I don't, do I think it will happen? No. But what scares me about it is that it sort of fits. Like you could justify it if you're Michael Jordan and you said, like, I'm only going to trade Kimball Walker for an all star. I mean, mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas was an all star. So you could sort of, you could make that argument if you wanted to. That's what scares mm-hmm. me about it a little bit. Um, but I, I think. 
you know, at, at this point, if they if they did do that, it would signal to me that you now you've made a move for a Willie Hernan Gomez who is like a two to you know, two so. to three two to three year kind of deal. And now you're you're <clears throat> moving Kemba for Isaiah Thomas, who is not healthy, not playing at an All Star level, and causing and causing yeah, problems. You don't in, have to pay him. Well, true, right. but he's call, and, he, and he's causing problems in the locker room. So it is a signal that they would be moving uh, towards another future. That's yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Because like, uh, if if it's kind of a nothing move if they don't do anything else, the Hernan Gomez, because like. Right. Job was getting time because Cody was out. Cody's back now, so I don't even know where those minutes are realistically. Like how many he'll be getting? So they don't—they didn't necessarily need him. It kind of looks like a project move. If that's all they do, they're like, "Cool, that guy's got a little bit of uh, higher ceiling than Job, so we can see how that works." And then to me, if you do that and don't figure out a way to keep Trevion, which again means moving people, then that's like—it's it, just kind of—I mean, it's not pointless, but it's like. If you're going to try to, to to pivot towards developing young guys, then then go in on that. Don't let don't let a, a reasonably priced one walk away. Um, and I'll, I'll say this too: if Cho, if you're Cho and you think, I mean, we all think these these rumblings are out there that he's on the hot seat a little bit. If if you at all think your job is that is in jeopardy right now, I mean, Willie Hernan Gomez isn't saving your job. You know what I mean? Cause like you outlined, if anything, it just keeps them a little bit worse uh, in their financial situation. So I feel like if, if he's going to get, if he thinks he's going to get fired, I mean, if I were him, I would just start swinging for the fences. Wouldn't you, who cares? You're not going to be here. Well, he doesn't, right, I mean, he doesn't have the final, yeah, he doesn't have the final say, like he can't, he can't move players independent of the, which I think the is top of the, the organization, a, the larger problem with, <laughs> you think, yeah, the large, the larger. Listen, if listen, if Rich Cho doesn't want to lose his job, then he obviously just needs to buy the Hornets outright, own the team. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Then well, then will, I, maybe I should do that. Yeah, what, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong with fans? You? It'll be like a Green Bay Green Bay Packers situation where the fans own but, the team, right? But Steve, that's the weird thing, right? It's like if he's going to, if you trade Kimba, you're 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 fire sale. You're rebuilding. It's a total rebuild, right? That's the first step. But if that's going to happen. It doesn't feel like he would be here to do the rebuild. So it's it's a weird scenario where someone would be saying, yes, go start the rebuild, trade off Kemba, trade your best player, get some pieces back, and then you're going to be gone in a couple months. Well, and um, it, it would also signal, David, that Steve Clifford has lost the battle yeah. to, to keep his argument to keep because, I mean, Kemba's his guy. You know, yeah. and if Kimba if Kimba moves for a, for an Isaiah Thomas, who again, like listen to his comments after games in in uh, Cleveland, he doesn't sound like he doesn't sound like a leader. He doesn't sound like someone that you would want to then re-sign and have lead your team into the future. He's a guy that you know, probably needs to just go in a completely uh, new direction. Um, so it, it, it would be, I think, it'd be a tough situation for the Hornets if they did that, but. Um, all right, let's any more thoughts on this deal in particular. Oh, I want to read the comments from Twitter. We've gotten a, a few tweets on this. So the first, Willie deal, the Willie deal. Yeah, on the Willie deal. So first on uh, first from Daniel say, saying, I think the trade was weird. 
The guy was disgruntled. Speaking of Willie here, the guy was disgruntled for his lack of playing time. Why would we trade for someone with that disposition if we weren't going to realistically give him meaningful minutes? If we do, how does that really help us? He can't defend or space the floor. Uh, so D- Daniel making the, the, the point here that he, he was grumbling about his lack of playing time. How did, why would that change coming to Charlotte? Yeah. yeah, and Rich said basically, uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm I'm working on putting all this stuff together uh, for an article now because this there's some ideas that are really interesting to me about this whole show situation if he does go out. But I, I'm starting to wonder just how much, you know, power. He, I've thought for a long time that he was calling all the shots, but now it's if you look at the big picture, I'm like I feel like it's just kind of obvious Jordan is making some of these final calls. Which you know he has to he has to pass off on him, but um, I think he's still got his fingers in the pot there a little bit in terms of like the Kaminsky move that was him, you know, because I think Cho was kind of subtweeting him a little bit yesterday when he was like, yeah, that was a guy that I wanted in that draft, and the the subtext there is that you know we were offered four picks, <laughs> we 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 could have had two shots at somebody else and and we didn't take him. Uh, you could have easily got him with a second. They didn't have a second or I don't know. They had traded it already. So, um, but, but Rich Cho makes these little moves like that, that Willie Hernan Gomez move is, is a net positive for the Hornets. You know, it's a better, they won the trade. They didn't lose. They got the best player. They got the best player and he's got promise. That guy could, who knows Marcus, everybody thought Marcus all was nothing too, you know, when he was in that pal trade. Um, I'm not saying he'll be that, but the, it, those are like those little like Sean Marxian type moves that that he's doing with the Nets right now. Like he 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 got into a, a locked up situation and he's making just smart minor moves, you know, to get the franchise circling around and and it's kind of working. Um, oddly enough, that guy was traded by Rich Joe also. Sean so, so yeah, the, I mean, the question at this point is, do the Hornets make another move uh, w- in the next couple of hours before the 3 o'clock deadline to free up some minutes for Hernan Gomez, or is Hernan Gomez a project that you would have to essentially convince is going to be a part of this franchise moving forward, just not this season? And and But, you know, listen, Howard and, and Zeller and Kaminsky and Marvin – are all locked up through next season as well. So then you're talking about having to do something around the draft to clear up cap space, which they're going to have to do anyway if they don't want to lose not only Travion, but also having to possibly move a guy like Jeremy Lamb, as Rick Bennell pointed out, moving Jeremy Mm -hmm. Lamb to clear up $7 million just so you can use – because you're already over the cap – but just so you could use the exception to replace – a few of the players that you're going to have to lose, like a Michael Carter Williams, like they're, they're still going to have to next season address the backup point guard position. And it's so stupid. It's <laughs> so stupid, man. It's so dumb. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't you rather watch those guys too? I mean, like just honestly, like even money aside, you're like, I, I want to see these guys develop. They have what? What could Jeremy Lamb be? I think he still has room to grow. You know, and. It's like we know what Batum is, we know what Marvin is. Like those guys are great, but uh, it's so frustrating. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and speak for the fans. Guarantee a trade today. I'm locking that Whoa. in. That's Whoa. Bob guarantee. Uh, it's backed by nothing. It's worthless. But um, and then I just want to point out here. I just saw this guy's name pop up. Uh, Hernan Gomez kind of reminds me of Walter Herman. I don't know the name. 
Uh, oh, man. To- Bobcat's legend. Yeah. Yeah. And shouts to J-O-B, by the way. Just always, yes. uh, just always a really hard worker. Gave it his all. Wasn't afraid. You know, he he got his opportunity. Uh, didn't let that injury hold him back last season. Got back at, got back in the gym. Got to work. Uh, I think improved his offensive game. His def- He's got a he's got a long way to go with defense. And maybe we've seen the ceiling with with Job. Um, but you know he always gave maximum effort, and and it was cool to have him. And you know he was a sort of quiet and um, uh, nice presence in the locker room. So Job, hopefully he gets picked up, man. That's yeah. rough to get traded from the from where you kind of made a mark, and then just to get released yeah. <laughs> immediately. That, I tweeted this at the account yesterday, but that that Nuggets game that's like one of my favorite Hornets moments. Like that was so <laughs> fun, just seeing this guy out of nowhere, a seven foot center, and he was. He, he hit like all his threes. You're like, who did we just get, you know, the next Chris stops or, you know, and that answer and that answer ended up being no, but well, it was a nice, he's not playing for them either. He was, he was, he, he filled some (laughs) minutes and uh, yeah, yeah. Good luck to JLB on his next uh, adventure in the national basketball association. All right. Hornets take on the Blazers tonight in Portland tips at 4, 10 PM. Yeah, this is happening. Like they, they have to play a game. after the trade deadline. Not a ton we can preview from this game without knowing what kind of team the Hornets will field in Portland. Uh, This will be the second and final matchup between the two teams. The Trailblazers won a close one in Charlotte in mid-December, 93-91. to Low scoring game uh, for two teams that are skilled at offense. Kemba Walker 0 of 9 from the the three-point line that night. He's shooting much better now. Dwight struggling from the field as well in that one. Not enough offense on a night when neither Lillard or McCollum were feeling it. Like the Hornets, that was the disappointing thing, if you remember, from that loss is that you you hold Lillard and McCollum to sort of pedestrian numbers for them. Mm-hmm. You know, McCollum scored 50 against the Bulls a few nights ago. So they're capable of going, uh, you know, thermonuclear any night. And they were able to hold both of those guys in check and still not come away with the victory. Uh, so they'll get another chance in Portland, but the Hornets not fond of Portland. Only six wins all time against the Blazers on the road. So they're going to have some work to do to make it seven. David, any any thoughts on what the Hornets can do to get a victory tonight with whatever team they field? Right. I mean, it's hard to pre- it's hard to preview, like you said. But one thing I keep in mind: this is a long layoff for the Hornets. It seems like they haven't played in weeks. Um, and that doesn't usually bode well for them. The, the energy level can sometimes be pretty low, and that's not a place you want to start off cold. Um, so with all these trade rumors swirling around too, it's going to be an interesting one if they can get up mentally to focus in. Um, I mean, Kemba, Kemba and Lillard is a fun matchup. One thing that's interesting to me, Doug and Steve, is you look at a guy like McCollum, this is uh, not so much for tonight, sorry, but uh, he he averaged like two points a game his rookie season. Did not play a whole lot, uh, and physically wise matches up uh, is similar to Malik Monk. So I think mm. that's something I'm mm. that perhaps yes. Monk can have a similar turnaround moving forward in his second year because McCollum was not a guy that figured it out right away, and he was an older, more experienced guy too. Yeah, and that was the one elite skill he had coming into the league was he could score. Like that's the thing. Uh, I'm anyone who's worried about Monk. It's like he'll he'll be in the league forever, and he'll be able to put up buckets. That and you can stay on the floor. That he might not be a superstar, but 
you know, I'm not worried about him because that's exactly McCollum is a good comp for him. I think also a sneaky, good rich Cho move, by the way, he built that backcourt for Portland uh, inadvertently uh, because he did the Wallace trade and was, you see, these are the little things that, you know, he's not a bad GM. He makes really stupid trades. Like sometimes some of the big ones are stand out a lot. Well, um, yeah, but and I'm I, not sure those are him. That's what I'm saying because he he like he was smart enough to put the the top ten protection on that 2013 second rounder. That was like three years out. That that was they got the tenth pick that year. That was McCollum. If you know, well, if you also, the top nine. Also, yeah, also Noah Vonley um, doesn't really play. And, doesn't and really play exactly. Turn turn that into say what you will about Nick Batum and the contract and all that, but you know that was a get for the Hornets there. So I just yeah. want to keep I just want to keep track of this before right. before we ever saw Monk play we were <laughs> we were comparing him to Steph Curry and that he had the ankle injury you know early on and now exactly. we've we've backed that down now we're now we're in McCollum right. territory where he had an awful uh, rookie Ooh. season and and could possibly turn into McCollum so the question is next season who are we who do we which way is this going. Is it going to stay we're, with McCollum? Because we've never seen somebody with this immense talent. <laughs> we have no idea what we're dealing with here. That's why they're not playing him. They're scared. Uh, David, you mentioned uh, the Hornets have had a little bit of rest. They were coming off a back-to-back, a West Coast back-to-back, where they got blitzed by Phoenix in the first half and then uh, blitzed again by Denver. So that's my key to the game is just come out. You've got two days of rest. Come out in that first half with a lot of energy. Uh, Make sure that you you keep Lillard and McCollum in check best you can in that first half and then keep Nurkic and Ed Davis off the offensive boards. Don't give a team – now, traditionally, Portland has been really good at offense. This season they've taken a bit of a step back trying to integrate – Nurkic into their offense has not gone as well as I, I think they were expecting it to. So this isn't a team with with a ton of firepower outside of Lillard and McCollum, but still, I think they're they're top three in the league in three point percentage. And the Hornets, while they don't give up a lot of three point shots because they've they've been better this season about running teams off the three point line, uh, you know they're still getting. I think they're seventh in the league in three-point percentage allowed. So those shots still going in because I think there's still too many open three-point shots off of penetration. So they really got to wall off Lillard and McCollum. Don't let them slice and dice you because that ball can kick out to a, a, an Aminu and a, a Crab and others uh, that can that can kill you from three. So watch out for that in this game. Uh, the Hornets are two and three on uh, two days rest. And on a first game of a back-to-back, which this is, they are four and five on the year because they will play uh, Utah in Utah tomorrow. And then they come back uh, Sunday to play Toronto. And then thankfully, everyone gets a rest. We just uh, there's a reset. <laughs> maybe they've got a different team. Who knows? We'll see. Oh man! Uh, if anything, they have an all-star. Maybe, maybe, yeah. We still haven't gotten an announcement about Kimba Walker yet. Will Will Kimba Walker or Ben Simmons or someone else or maybe Blake Griffin gets into the All Star game for the East now that he's with the Detroit Pistons in place. That would be of Kristaps, mm. but we'll be here to talk think, about it tomorrow. <laughs> do Do you think real quick, Doug? Do you think Silver waits until after three o'clock to do this? Why not? Right at this point to, to name a replacement. Well, he could bury it by doing it before if he doesn't pick Kemba and he knows the backlash. He'll just say, uh, real quick, Ben Simmons. Anyway, go crazy. <laughs> I don't I don't expect this trade d- deadline to be crazy. 
I think what, uh, would it, what would happen? Say he named, say Kemba got traded to the Blazers, and the, he had named him to the. Does that affect it in any way? Or it's a great. It has to be a rep from the East, right? right. So what I'm, what yeah, what I yeah. think what Steve's saying is if he announces it prior, and then Kemba does get traded out west, what would that? Oh, but yeah, I was just thinking about the teams. It it wouldn't matter because he's. He's just replacing a player. Like it's not like he has to play for the East anymore. Like it, it would no, it would matter if if it was yeah. the old way because if he got traded to the West, then he wouldn't be right. You know, have, it wouldn't ma- it wouldn't guy. matter in that way that he would it have to. In that way. Yeah, but that yeah. So it, but it is inter- a rep East team, I believe. Right, right. No, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. We will see what happens tonight. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks to my panel, David and Steve. And uh, we will also, if anything crazy happens today, then we will be back on the horn uh, to report on it for an emergency podcast. So just pay attention to that. Pay attention to our Twitter account at Locked on Hornets. Follow us on Instagram at Locked on Hornets as well. We're back again tomorrow uh, with more on hopefully we'll be reporting on Kimball Walker being selected uh, to the all-star team for David and Steve I'm Doug go Hornets go America let's swarm Charlotte